At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone on the Talkstar Radio Network. Our toll-free number is one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Email X-Zone at TalkStarRadio.com. On MSN Messenger, TalkStarRadio at Hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.XZoneRadio.com and www.xzonetv.com, where you can watch us and listen to us live Monday through Friday from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. In this hour, it's you and me. My question to you is, on this open mic hour on the Exxon, one of the many questions I'm going to throw out there and let you digest and uh, call me back with your comments is as follows. It was all the rave within the UFO community just a couple of weeks ago when members of the UFO community claimed that a private meeting had been held at the United Nations concerning the landing of extraterrestrials. Some say in the year 2013, other reports say the year 2017. Now this, many claimed, was to be the smoking gun that ufology had been waiting for. Okay? Now... However, not unlike the alleged crash at Roswell, the Phoenix Lights, the UFO over O'Hare Airport, and most recently, the Walmart-sized UFO over Stevensville, Texas, this story, too, fizzled out. This story was uh, brought forward to, by, to the, uh, the Internet by Dr. Michael Scala of ExoPolitics. Robert Morningstar got involved. Uh, these two UFO researchers from New York were allegedly involved. And then Gilles Laurent from France was supposed to be part of this big story. It's fizzled out. You could read about it on one or two, maybe, of the uh, smaller UFO uh, online magazines. 
something's got to keep their uh, their people reading, I guess. But it's fizzled. It had more holes in the story than a piece of Swiss cheese in Billy Meyer's fridge in Switzerland. It made no sense. There was no authentication of the sources. There was no authentication made through the United Nations. In fact, the United Nations, in another report, flatly denied it ever happening. So why do people do this? Why do people come up with these stories and just put them on the Internet where they can't, where they don't have to be verified, they don't require any authentication, and then they get ticked off when mainstream media doesn't run with them? It's very simple. Mainstream media has been uh, burned by many UFO investigators and UFO groups over the years that, I'm sorry, they're not taken seriously anymore. All these wild concoctions, these stories of crashed UFOs, these stories of dead aliens all over the place, uh, underground bases, underground tunnels, backward engineering, faces on Mars, the moon being a hollow satellite filled with aliens, uh, an eight, nine-mile-wide UFO hovering over New York City, the Mothman... Uh, and the list goes on and on and on. And that's not including cryptozoology where we go to the chupacabra or the goat sucker or Bigfoot. In this day and age where everyone has a, a digital camera, how come nobody has taken that all-conclusive proof photo? It's very simple. It doesn't exist. Well, let me rephrase that. No one has taken the picture to prove that it does exist. Maybe it does exist. Maybe it doesn't. Lines are open. I want to hear from you, Exo Nation, at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. Toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. I'll be back after this two-minute commercial break, talking more about why people come up with these UFO stories, ghost stories. Bigfoot stories if they have no proof? And why is society so eager to believe them? I'll be back in two minutes as the Exxon continues live and around the world from the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 
213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Welcome back, Exxon Nation. I've been doing this show now for 15 years, and I've talked to some of the most brilliant minds in the scientific community, and I've spoken to people who claim to have been part of paranormal experiences. Some people claim to have seen ghosts. Some people claim to have seen UFOs. Some people claim to have seen lake monsters. But no matter what the claim, there always is missing one important element. Proof. Now, I'm not saying that everything in life needs proof. Santa Claus, for example. The Tooth Fairy. The Easter Bunny. The Sandman. These were all little myths and legends that we all have grown up with. Harmless. You know, we talk about leprechauns on St. Patrick's Day, Cupid, Valentine's Day, the Easter Bunny at Easter, Santa Claus at Christmas, witches and goblins at on Halloween. And these are all part of our of our of our life, our youth. But when it comes to UFOs, there there's something strange here. You you've got people who want to believe in something so badly that they will take, without verification, the word of one person, two people, three people, a group of people who may not, who may not have seen anything at all. Most of the UFO reports that are seen are conjectures, third-hand information. Someone knows someone who saw something. What this does, in my opinion, is keeps those who have had real experiences, I mean real experiences, in the closet. These people who have nothing better to do with their time and who make it a business publishing these articles on the Internet, publishing these articles in different forms, 
misrepresenting the true believers because they have a definite plan. Their plan is to become an expert or a guru in a field that is so open to charlatans. It's not, it's not funny. So many people get conned, get taken in, put so much faith in the words of so few. Whatever happened to all the alleged proof at Roswell? Well, geez, gosh, you know, the, the U.S. government has it in a, in a base, in a hangar. It's, it's been suppressed because shh, there's a conspiracy. I believe the conspiracy is being committed by the people who claim the government is committing the conspiracy. After all, the people who are yelling conspiracy are usually selling books, DVDs, making public appearances and getting paid for it, being paid to be on television. So why would they want the truth to be known that the government isn't hiding any information? It's They don't have anything. Why don't they have anything? Well, there's two possibilities. Number one, there is nothing. Or number two, they don't know about it. It's that simple. Phoenix Lights. Well, you've got a movie that's out about the Phoenix Lights. It's now the 11th anniversary of the Phoenix Lights. And still people are saying, shh, it's a government conspiracy. This UFO was so wide. And then you've got this member of the Air National Guard, I believe it's the Maryland National Guard, who says, um, hello, there were no UFOs in that area. That was us, the National Guard. We had deployed flares. There was no UFO. And, of course, people are saying, oh, yeah, sure, this is the way the government is covering up. They don't want us to know about the big UFO. Once again, two possibilities. It's either the man who was flying the jets, the jet who was in charge of the other members of the National Guard who deployed these these flares, are lying. Or there is a conspiracy. Then let's look at the Chicago O'Hare UFO sighting. Twelve people saw it. That's it. Twelve people. It made national headlines. It made national news. Only twelve people saw this UFO over the nation's busiest airport, O'Hare Airport, near one of the largest cities in the United States, Chicago, at a time when everyone is concerned about a terrorist attack. With all the cameras that are at this airport, with all the people in the airport, with all the sophisticated radar equipment, not only civilian but military, how come only 12 people saw this alleged UFO hovering over Chicago O'Hare Airport? With all these people at the airport, how come no one took a photograph? Oh, wait a minute, there were only 12 people that saw this UFO. None of the aircraft landing, none of the aircraft taking off, none of the aircraft on a holding pattern, not one person, not one passenger in this big, massive airport that I have been in before 
took a picture or even saw this UFO except the 12 people who work for this one specific airline. Once again, this story fizzled out. And then we have the latest one to add to the, um, the sightings that fizzled. We have the sighting of an alleged UFO the size of a Walmart. Some people even put it to a mile and a half in diameter. At the beginning of this year in Stephenville, Texas. Many believe that it has something to do with President Bush's um, ranch being so close to the sighting area. Others believe that the people who saw this UFO could not be wrong. That there was something in the sky. Now, the majority of the people who believe there was a UFO there did not see it. So why do they believe? Why do people need to believe in something so desperately that they will believe whatever someone says? What does this tell us about society? It gives us a message that something is desperately wrong. Is a society society that has failed us, or did we, and have we, failed society? We're more interested in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, and all the other paranormal topics that so many people take such a deep interest in than we are in the state of affairs of this world. How many people die each day because they don't get water? How many people die each day because they don't have any food? How many, day, how many people are homeless? How many people go hungry every night before they go to bed? How many children don't have any breakfast, lunch, or supper? And I'm talking here in North America. The same country that goes crazy for UFOs that cannot be proved. The same country that goes crazy for Sasquatch who cannot be proven. What is wrong with society? Something is missing in this entire equation. People, I'm not saying that UFOs do not exist. They very well may. I'm not saying that Bigfoot doesn't exist. He very well may. But with all the scientific equipment, with all the surveillance cameras, with all the digital cameras, both dashboard, in cell phones, and carried by tourists, Throughout this great land of ours, how come there has not been one photograph that has been taken that cannot be proved to be a hoax? Why do you have to hoax society? If you want to do some legitimate research, then do it. Follow a specific methodology. Don't go at it half-cocked. Have you seen some of the photographs that are on the Internet of these people who are on Bigfoot expeditions and are UFO watchers? They scare the hell out of me. A picture's worth a thousand words. And these pictures do not exemplify professionalism. They really don't. It's like the old CB clubs of the 60s and 70s where everybody had a CB in their car. They'd all chat on their way to the to the local... Um, parking lot where they'd sit and talk. 
it's the same thing all over again. In the 60s and 70s, it was CBs, and then the UFOs started. There are so many people out there who are diehard believers who have never seen a UFO, but they believe because they've been they've heard stories from other people. Oh wow, you did? Jeez, how did you feel, eh? Wow, you saw that light in the sky? It's got to be a UFO because airplanes don't have lights, right? Think. That's all I'm saying. Think. Before you believe, heart and soul, think. If the UFOs are out there, why don't they just land? Oh, wait a minute. I know this story because there is a non-interference clause, right? The, the prime directive of ufology. If there are UFOs out there and there is a biblical connection, why don't they feed the hungry, cure the sick, show us how to clean up our world, make this a better place to live, teach us how to be harmonious with one another? UFOs, Sasquatch, ghosts, things that go bump to the night, are they real? I guess we're just going to have to keep on trying to understand and find out the truth. And bring it to the Exxon Nation, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. I'll be back after the news. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. And welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. Our toll-free number is one 877 That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. At one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. Still to come on tonight's show, Ron Francel and uh, Linda Drake. That's uh, in hour number three and hour number four. According to a recent study, or someone who's just really good with math, the average person will eat over ten thousand bars of chocolate, shed one hundred and twenty-one pints of tears, and have sex more than four thousand two hundred times in their lifetime. And here's more interesting statistics. We will own eight cars, 
have eaten 15 pigs, spoken 123 million words, read 533 books, walked 15,000 miles, and uh, 4,239 rolls of toilet paper. Hmm. Yep, statistics you really need to know in life. Easter is this weekend, and I thought we'd go into the Easter trivia to let you, the XO Nation, know a few things about Easter that you may not know. Uh, Decorating and coloring eggs for Easter was uh, the custom in England during the Middle Ages. The household accounts of Edward I for the year 1290 recorded an expenditure of 18 pence for 450 eggs to be gold-leafed and colored for Easter gifts. The most famous decorated Easter eggs were those made by well-known goldsmith Peter Carl Fabergé. In 1883, the Russian Tsar Alexander commissioned Fabergé to make a special Easter gift for his wife, the Empress Marie. The first Fabergé egg was an egg within an egg. It had an outside shell of platinum and enameled white, which opened to reveal a smaller gold egg. The smaller gold egg, in turn, opened to display a golden chicken and jeweled replica of the imperial crown. Now, this uh, special Fabergé egg so delighted the uh, Serena that the Tsar promptly ordered the first Fabergé firm to design future further eggs to be delivered every Easter. In later years, Nicholas II, Alexander's son, continued the custom. Fifty-seven eggs were made in all. In 1878, President Hayes and his wife Lucy officially opened the White House grounds to the children of the area for an egg rolling on Easter Monday. The event has been held on the South Lawn ever since, except during World War I and World War II. During the the war years, Easter egg roll was held at the National Zoo and other Washington locations. The white lily, the symbol of the resurrection, is the special Easter flower. And the name Easter comes from uh, Eostre, an ancient Anglo-Saxon goddess originally of the dawn. In pagan times, an annual spring festival was held in her honor. The word uh, Pascal comes from a Latin word meaning belongs to Passover or to Easter. Formerly, Easter and uh, the Passover were closely associated The resurrection of Jesus took place during Passover. Christians of the Eastern Church initially celebrated both holidays together. But Passover can fall on any day of the week, and Christians of the Western Church preferred to celebrate Easter on Sunday, the day of the resurrection. In the Northern Hemisphere, Easter occurs in the spring and coincides with the pagan rebirth and fertility festivals. Eggs have been a a symbol of new life and resurrection since ancient times. Rabbits and hares have been long been associated with fertility of spring because they themselves are so fertile. When early uh, Christians moved into pagan areas, they realized it would be impossible to wipe out the old, ingrained beliefs, but instead they absorbed and adopted them, and Easter became a mixture of both pagan and Christian customs. Easter is usually celebrated on the first Sunday after the first full moon on or after March the 21st. Therefore, it can occur on any Sunday from March 22nd through April 25th. Eastern Orthodox churches take uh, other factors into consideration, so they may celebrate Easter later. Ham uh, came to be the traditional favorite for Easter dinner because it's pre-refrigeration days. Hogs were slaughtered in the fall and cured for six to seven months, just in time for the Easter dinner. In the Greek Orthodox culture, Easter eggs are traditionally painted red. 
The largest Easter egg ever made was constructed in Vergeville, Alberta. It weighed 5,000 pounds and was 25.7 feet long. The Easter lily, or Bermuda lily, was first brought to the United States in 1919 by a World War I soldier named Lewis Houghton, who uh, bought the bulbs to Oregon and gave them to to friends and family. Creating Easter baskets arose from the Catholic custom of bringing Easter dinner food to Mass to be blessed. This custom may also be related to ancient customs of bringing first crops to the temple. Eggs have been a symbol of rebirth in many cultures. The exchange of eggs is a custom that long precedes and predates Easter. Today, ten growers, mostly located in the California-Oregon border in an area known as Easter Lily, capital of the world, produce 95% of all bulbs grown in the world for potted Easter Lily market. They produce over 11 million bulbs annually for shipping to commercial greenhouses. And despite a sales window of only two weeks, Easter lilies are the fourth largest crop in wholesale value in the U.S. potted plant market. And this is according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Poinsettias, mums, azaleas rank first, second, and third. States producing the highest number of potted Easter lilies are Michigan, California, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. In China, there is a celebration called Qingming, which which takes place at the same time as the Western tradition of Easter. Chinese families visit the grave of their ancestors and take along meals and sweets. And Americans spend $2 billion on Easter goodies and eat 7.1 billion pounds of Easter goodies each year, uh, with 60 million chocolate bunnies being sold each Easter. Now, for all you people who want to know where the egg comes from, well... Laying eggs takes 24 to 26 hours, according to the research from the University of Illinois. Even the best brood hens cannot lay more than one egg a day. And different churches have uh, developed their own ways of decorating Easter eggs. Crimson eggs to honor the blood of Christ are exchanged in Greece. In parts of Germany and Austria, green eggs are used on um, Holy Thursday. Now, chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. Did you know the following chocolate facts? Per capita, Americans eat an average of 12.2 pounds of chocolate each and every year. Chocolate manufacturers currently use 40% of the world's almonds and 20% of the world's peanuts. CMA, or the Chocolate Manufacturers Association, uses about 3.5 million pounds of whole milk every day to make chocolates. That's 3.5 million pounds of whole milk every day to make chocolates. The melting point of cocoa butter is just below the human body temperature, which is why it literally melts in your mouth. And Switzerland has the highest per capita consumption of chocolate in the world at 22.4 pounds. Now that that a one ounce piece of milk chocolate contains about the same amount of caffeine as a cup of decaffeinated coffee. So instead of taking that coffee to work with you, you can just pop a a, um, piece of chocolate, get you the same buzz. And let me see. That not a, that now, did you know that not all saturated fats raise blood cholesterol levels? Um, the form of fat found in chocolate, cocoa butter, does not raise blood cholesterol levels, even uh, though it is saturated. That's because cocoa butter is d- derived from plants, coca leaves, uh, whereas the types of saturated fats are derived from animals. And let me see. The most important people are uh, the most people are not allergic to chocolate. A recent study showed that only one out of 500 people who thought they were allergic to chocolate 
actually tested positive. And did you know the retail chocolate industry in the U.S. is worth $13 billion a year? Mm, I wonder what it's worth to dentists around the world. And the first uh, chocolate box was introduced by Richard Cadbury in 1868 when he decorated a box of candy with a painting of his young daughter holding a kitten in her arms. And finally, did you know the chocolate manufacturers use 40% of the world's almonds, 20% of the world's peanuts, and 8% of the world's sugars? one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network. Still to come on tonight's show, we have Ron Francel and Linda Drake. Uh, someone sent me this today, and I was very happy to send it out to all the members of the X-Zone mailing list. And if you would like to receive this, uh, just let me know. I'll be glad to send it to you. It's all about the... Um, da, 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 da. Uh, just let me read it. Bet you the drug companies won't like this one getting around. Facts on honey and cinnamon. All right. It's, it's found that a mixture of honey and cinnamon cures most diseases. Honey is produced in most countries of the world. Scientists of today also accept honey as Ramban, which is very effective medicine for all kinds of diseases. Honey can be used without any side effect for any of the diseases, any kinds of disease. So let's just take a look at a few of these. Heart disease. Make a paste of honey and cinnamon powder. Apply, apply on bread instead of jelly and jam. And eat it regularly for breakfast. It reduces the cholesterol in the arteries and saves the patient from heart attack. Also, those who have already had an attack, if they do uh, this process daily, they are kept miles away from the next attack. Regular use of the above process relieves the loss of breath and strengthens the heartbeat. In America and Canada, various nursing homes have treated patients successfully and have found that as you age, the arteries and veins lose their flexibilities and get, and get clogged. Honey and cinnamon revitalizes the arteries and veins. For arthritis uh, sufferers, arthritis patients may take the daily, morning, and night one cup of hot water with two spoons of honey and one small teaspoon of cinnamon powder. If taken regularly, even chronic arthritis can be cured. In recent research conducted at the Copenhagen University, it was found that when doctors treated their patients with a mixture of one tablespoon honey and half teaspoon cinnamon powder before breakfast, they found that within a week, out of the two out of the 200 people so treated, practically 73 percent, 73 patients were totally relieved of pain, and within a month, mostly all the patients who could not walk or move around because of arthritis, were walking without pain. For bladder infections, take two tablespoons of cinnamon powder and one teaspoon of honey in a glass of lukewarm water and drink it. It destroys the germs in the bladder. For a toothache, make a paste of one teaspoon of cinnamon powder and five teaspoons of honey and apply to the aching teeth. Uh, This may be applied three times a day until the tooth stops aching. Uh, Let me see what else do we have here that's fast. All right, colds. Those suffering from common or severe colds should take one tablespoon lukewarm honey with one quarter spoon cinnamon powder for daily, uh, daily for three days. This process will cure most chronic cough, cold, and clear the sinuses. For an upset stomach, honey taken with the cinnamon powder cures stomach ache and also clears stomach ulcers from the root. And finally, uh, let me see, influenza. A scientist in Spain has proved that honey contains a natural ingredient which kills the influenza germs and saves the patient from the flu. And I'm told I've got time for one more. 
Let's go to pimples. Three tablespoons of honey and one teaspoon of cinnamon powder paste. Apply this paste uh, on the pimples before sleeping and wash it in wash it the next morning with warm water. If done daily for two weeks, it removes pimples from the root. And if you'd like a copy of this, just send me an email, exone at talkstarradio.com, and we'll send you one forthwith. When we come back, more world worldly information from yours truly, Rob McConnell, here in the Exxon as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. one 877 is toll-free, and I'll be back after this commercial break as we continue right here on Talkstar. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back. Still to come on tonight's show, I'll be speaking to Ron Francel in the next hour. And then our final hour, I'll be speaking with Linda Drake uh, for the part two of the two-part interview that we have planned with her for this week. Some weird headlines in the news. A man's dead wife speaks again. 
In Irvington, New York, 80-year-old Charles Whitening uh, can hear his wife's wife's voice again anytime he wants. The folks at Verizon have recovered a lost message recording by his wife, Catherine, before she died in 2005. Unfortunately, when they upgraded Charles' telephone service, his wife's voice disappeared from his voicemail system. The message simply said, Catherine Whitting, and Charles said he had listened to it every day for comfort. A contractor found the recording in an archive and restored it to the new voicemail system. Charles says he's very, very happy. And uh, this is another title uh, for a news headline, Don't Forget Your Death Threat. In Milwaukee, 46-year-old John J. Miller was arrested after he faxed handwritten and signed letters uh, from uh, Kinko's uh, letters threatening to kill a federal judge and blow up a courthouse on the city's east side. John had filed for Chapter 13 back, uh, bankruptcy back in 2004, but apparently has a long-running dispute with Judge Susan Kelly, who dismissed the case after he failed to make payments. He later sued officials in U.S. District Court and lost. He then appealed to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals and lost again. His big mistake was leaving the evidence behind. Employees at Kinko's found the threatening letter that included Miller's name and phone number. He had faxed the letter to four area codes and left a copy on the machine. An employee called Milwaukee Police who contacted the FBI. And here's another one. This is a headline from uh, the St. Petersburg Time. It says, Hey, Tampa, you owe me $22 million. Way back during the early months of the Civil Wars, the city of Tampa needed money for ammunition and other supplies, so they borrowed $299.58 from storekeeper Thomas Kennedy and issued a promissory note on June 21, 1861, promising to pay back the money. Well, they never did it, and now Mr. Kennedy's great-granddaughter, Joan Kennedy Biddle, and her family says the city owes them. So they're suing to collect the original debt plus 8% interest for 147 years, which comes to a whopping $22.7 million. Biddle, who's 77, said, This thing has been in the family since the date on the note, and it has never been repaid. Tampa City Attorney David Smith says he doesn't consider the claim valid, but Biddle's attorneys argue that the statute of limitations doesn't apply in the case because at the time was the, the time the note was issued, the state had no such statute on the documents. Wow, I've got uh, $299 that says uh, they never see a dime. What do you think? Do you think they'll get anything? I don't either. That's it for this hour. In the next hour, Ron Francel will be joining me. We're going to be talking about uh, crime's lasting legacy of evil. Mm, it's, it's going to be a very interesting and scary but real hour. one 877 is toll free, and I'll be back after the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Identity theft protection starts here.